previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. What's the biggest or your most favorite sporting event you've ever covered? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I've been to two Super Bowls. The first wow. one was Atlanta. It was the Rams Titans with the guy lunging for the last yeah, that yard. Was 2000. But I actually got a, yep. 2000, that's right. And then I got to do the Olympics in Greece. And I've been to the Masters five times. Form Littles, not on the form. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Littles. Shut the front door. Hey. <laughs> you shut our front door. I'm knock on our door. That is a Roxy <laughs> classic right there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> As if I'm walking into your studio, right? Yeah. Well, my favorite part about that is that that means you actually listen to the ad. That's <laughs> that's the that's the of funny course. part. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome, Ritz, back to the show. And we're going to jump right in. Eric Barnes writes in, enough talk about the baked potato. What I really want to know is how many outlets do Chuck and Roxy have in their apartment kitchen, not counting the ones that can't be accessed because they are behind the refrigerator and or oven? Okay. Okay. So actually, we don't have one of those. What? Our outlet that people would typically find behind their refrigerator is not behind their refrigerator or the stove. Yeah. Well, maybe the stove yeah, actually. <laughs> not Roxy, the refrigerator. Why don't we start this over? Wait, again? really? Do I even know my apartment? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, our apartment. It's okay. It's okay. But my first thought process was, well, I wanted to address the whole outlet topic of conversation. Okay. Eric, we don't really, that's a big show thing. That's the big show. So we didn't want to step on their toes. Yeah, of course. That's why we didn't talk about it. But Roxy, he is correct. We have not written into the big show to express how many outlets we have in the kitchen. By my count, it's two. Okay, but question. Does it count as one or two when you have an outlet that's a foursome? Because oh. we have one of those. We do? Yeah. Okay. I don't think I know our kitchen either. Oh, you're right. Okay. Now I'm seeing it. Now I'm seeing it. We're not in the kitchen, but I'm seeing it. What if you do the thing where you plug one of those outlet expanders into an existing outlet? Well, so you go from two to think... six. So I wouldn't necessarily I don't count that. No, no, that doesn't count. count. Because that, that didn't... I'm wondering if they're thinking what's already built in. If I'm being honest, I Eric, I haven't really been paying attention to much outlet talk on the big show either because it kind of got old. I'm sure people say the same thing about this podcast with the <laughs> peanut butter baked potato pizza talk but yeah so i haven't really been no i so we have one four and one two, two. okay so mm-hmm. it, we'll we'll let you do the math littles ritz what do you got yeah off the top of my head counting behind the refrigerator nope, don't, got, no don't no we don't count them. oh no he was very he was We're very not. specific in his <laughs> in his so we've his got message. uh i guess four four two wow. pairs yeah wow you're, you're moving on up all right. I'm telling you, baby. <laughs> we basically got two. Right. And it's annoying because we have an island on the one side of the kitchen with no outlet over there. It's yeah. so annoying. So what Chuck did was he ran a long extension cord that runs along the wall behind the refrigerator mm-hmm. up to the one of the two. Yep. And I plug it in there just in case we need electric over to the island. But we lost that end behind the refrigerator. Yeah, it fell behind the refrigerator. So we have to figure that out. <laughs> so I'll have to go deep dive and go. Anyway, how's this to open a podcast? How's that? Eric, you're welcome. That's all I'm going to say. Next, we got an email from, well, James Cunningham needs to work some things out, I think, because he says, having lived in Columbus for nine years and Cincinnati for one year, the last two episodes brought up my PTSD. Let me say that I despised living in both of those places. Skyline Chili is terrible, 
And who puts cinnamon in chili? I dry heave in my mouth thinking about that oh, place. No. <laughs> also, Gino's in Oneonta did not start that. The cold cheese pizza. I'm assuming that's what he means. First of all, I never said Gino's, but okay, we'll come back to that. The place that started that was DiCarlo's Pizza in Steubenville, Ohio. Tino's started in the early 1970s. DiCarlo's has been around since 1945. Yes, I'm from Steubenville, which is north of Wheeling, and I grew up on that style of pizza. Every time I go back, I always stop at my favorite pizza shop and bring it back to North Carolina with me. The only redeeming quality of Columbus is when I go back to visit my wife's family and my friends who still live there, I am able to get to Carlo's. It is the best style of pizza. I am willing to die on this hill. Come at me. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That's intense. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was... Uh, Rooting for the Chiefs? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, And Tony Beeson, uh, quick shout out. And uh, are you rearranging? Did you buy? A, he must have went out and bought like 12 dozen eggs. If this moving of the eggs thing is working, because the Bengals are in the, the Super Bowl. Oh, right. We probably should have started with that. Hello. I know. That's and so crazy. So congrats all the Ohio listeners and uh, and the LA listeners. If they're, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Of are any. there? Yeah. I don't know if there are any diehard. I haven't heard Rams any diehard fans. Ram fans. Yeah. yeah, let's let's hear from them, please. Absolutely. No, write us in. So, who are you rooting for? What do you? I I'm telling you, I am with Tony Beeson. I am jumping on, going full all in. And by the way, today is the Chinese Lunar New Year. And what year is it, Chuck and Roxy? Oh, I forget already. The hor- no. It's the year of the tiger. Tiger, that's right. I mean, come on. This is so perfect. It's all falling into place for our Bengals. It is. All right. And now we're excited because we got an email from a new listener. Ooh. Never heard from them. More importantly, has not come on to meet the Littles. So, (laughs) to Roxy and Chuck. When Chuck wondered about TV theme songs that are instrumental on the air but actually have lyrics, I said, hey, I know one of those songs. One example is the theme from M.A.S.H., which is called Suicide is Painless. Now, that was the one that I just screamed. I'm like, that's it. That was the one, the mm-hmm. last episode I been, mm-hmm. was trying to Think remember. Yeah. And I couldn't remember, and it was a huge one. Now, Ritz, as soon as he came on, he mentioned that. We also heard from two other, many, many others. This one came up a lot, which we'll get to in a second. But he continues, the lyrics sound deep and soulful, but director Robert Altman has said he wanted it to be the stupidest song ever written, according to accounts posted online about the movie. The man who composed the music had trouble with that. So Altman asked his teenage son who wrote the lyrics in a few minutes. The song rose to number one on the charts in the UK as a single, and the son made one million much more than his father. Whoa. But wow. the subject matter was seen as too sensitive for TV, so it became an instrumental. For other top songs, I nominate Hill Street Blues, Miami Vice, Barney Miller, Hawaii Five O, Mission Impossible, and Peter Gunn. Instrumentals tend to be the best. Andy Schatz, Hagerstown, Maryland. Whoa. So Andy, thanks for the email. And yes, another one Hawaii Five O, another Barney Miller. Those are the top two. I think that we've gotten over, Mm -hmm. but thank you because it was driving me crazy. I could not remember that instrumental that I knew had lyrics and I just couldn't remember. I'd forgotten that it was about suicide. And Rich, before we came on, you were telling us the story. Your high school did it? Yeah. So this was really funny and I guess more a tribute to the popularity of the show. But every year at the end of our school year, there would be a joint concert with the chorus and the band. And at the end of that, first the chorus would go on, then the band would come on. And at the end of our set, if you will, the chorus would come back out on the risers 
and then we would do a song together. Sure. And that year, it was the theme from Nash. And I remember learning the song and thinking, well, wow, I never knew there were words to this song, right? <laughs> and we were just doing the music kind of in our own room. And then comes the night of the concert and they're singing and we're like, why are we singing a song about suicide? Oh, I mean, no. we're in like seventh grade here. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> singing about suicide. Good old <laughs> It's like, okay. Gotta love public schools. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? And then real quickly, as I said, we got a lot of these. Neil in Rockville, we haven't heard from Neil in a while. He said the most obvious one is the TV version of MASH, which was only the instrumental version of Suicide is Painless, though it was prominently played during the movie with words. I did not know that. I, I don't remember the movie. I didn't know there was a movie. What? Well, I also didn't watch the show. Great movie. Yep. Right. Donald Sutherland, Elliot Gould. Oh, wow. And then we heard from Bobby Gottfried. He says, I'm sure there are a million theme songs that have words, but are only instrumentals on the show. But the three immediately that came to his mind was Teardrop by Massive Attack, which he said you might know better as the theme song to House, which I didn't mm -hmm. know because I didn't really watch that show, but I know what he's mm -hmm. talking about. He also says the second is Go By Valley Lodge, which is known as the theme to Last Week Tonight, the John Oliver show. And finally, he says, uh, and the theme that has some vocals but no actual words is the song Hey Beautiful by The Solids, which he says, a.k.a. is the theme song to How I Met Your Mother, which is at the end of that song. Yep. So I was like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that. Now, we were also talking about the length of the TV theme songs. Theme songs. Yeah. And some of them are, you know, obviously longer than others. And we were talking about the sweet spot, though, which I think is really important. And Sully from Boston actually wrote in and he said, I don't know who did it first, but I'm all in on shows dumping theme songs in favor of adding a minute of story, especially network shows where runtime is finite. Lost is the first I remember later seasons of House and How I Met Your Mother shrunk their opening credits, too, I believe. Now, that's true. Now, I think every show has done that. Yeah. Especially when they go into reruns. Right. Okay. Because the, I don't know why. I guess it, obviously I'm going to say it's all about money and advertising. And so that's what it has to do with as far as the runtime. It's also, if you notice in the reruns where they run the credits and they just like fast forward through them so you mm -hmm. can't even read them mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that has something to do with it. But I know everyone knows Roxy and I are big Survivor fans and we're in big fans of that too when they shortened the credits in the beginning that introduced every player every, every time. Every single time. So yeah. that you could get some more I do like content. when they I do like when they have it it's the long version for like the first episode or two and then they shorten it. But then I think when the merge happens they should bring it back. Right, sure. So that you can see who's left, who's in the merge, and then go back to not having it at all. Right, sure, you know? of course. So obviously there are tons more, and I have to preface this whole thing by saying we love that we've gotten to this point, Roxy, where we've gotten so many emails and tweets, and we just can't get to everything. We also got a nice long email from Dr. Suzanne Nichols, which was great, about the Marvel stuff. Yeah, and so we're looking some into good that. suggestions. We've actually got a, a Meet the Littles guest coming on, not today, but soon. That, with more suggestions. Which, which yeah. yes, more suggestions. So basically, we're just going to have to watch all of them. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because <laughs> we're getting all these suggestions. And of course, we have Sully saying, don't you dare even push play without checking with me first. Right. So we respect that. But Rich, you said you have another TV theme song, right? Yes. And I think it came up in one of our prior episodes. Maybe you were asking me about my favorite TV household I would want to live in, right? Mm -hmm. And I said Odd Couple. That was my favorite ah. show growing up. Uh -huh. And that's the classic instrumental. But there are lyrics to that song, which I think probably were written for the Broadway show that 
preceded the TV version of it. Oh. Um, and I have it on some CD because I'm that nerdy about the odd couple. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. That's neat. Did but- you watch the reboot? I did, the one yeah. that was on a couple of seasons ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nothing, uh-huh. nothing like, holds up to the original. Right, of yeah, course. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. And Elliot Oshansky brings up a really good point, and you can tell where, where he is in life. He says, kid shows, on the other hand, are getting some really good theme songs these days. The new Spidey and His Amazing Friends show on Disney Junior is done by at Patrick Stump, and as the kids say, it slaps. Ditto the Muppet Babies reboot with Renee Goldsberry singing the classic tune. So he's got a point. You can't forget the kid shows because there are some and they get stuck in your head for days. (laughs) Yeah. Like Blue's Clues. Hello. Oh, yeah. Remember Blue's Clues? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. And a few more important ones because we heard from Bob Walsh. We haven't heard from Bob Walsh in a while. August 6th, right? August 6th. Summer of Littles. Summer of Littles.com. Summer of Littles 4. Yes. Roman numeral 4. All right. Chuck and Roxy, who doesn't perk up when Tony reads an email from Carla Corrado? Surprised that Ed Butt did not chime in on TV theme songs, as he has been listening to them longer than most of us. But sure, (laughs) he and the rest of us of the little older littles will agree that Mannix and Rawhide had great themes. In my humble opinion, however, the best ever is Peter Gunn, composed by Pittsburgh's own Henry Mancini. For the Littles unfamiliar with Mancini's name, among other things, he also composed the music for The Pink Panther with Peter Sellers, not the other guy, and Breakfast at Tiffany's. If you are unfamiliar with Breakfast at Tiffany's, well, sigh. Go see it and Casablanca. You'll be better for it. Yep. Bob. Now, I'd also like to throw in Victor Victoria because mm-hmm. I did that show on tour mm-hmm. with the yeah, great Tony Tanini. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. So that was going. Now, the ironic part was right before I got that email, we heard from Ed Butt. He says, my two favorite theme songs are from James Gardner shows, Maverick and the Rockford Files. That's another good one. Rockford Files. And a lot of the old cowboy shows had great ones, too, like Have Gone, Will Travel and The Rebel. Roxy knows both of those very well. I do? Yeah, my dad watches those. He watches The Virginian and, well, the, and Gunsmoke well, he watches and all Cheyenne. Of those, and he watches <laughs> all of those and he watches Have Gun Will Travel and The Rebel. But then I'm really old and none of you have ever heard of them. So that's not entirely true, Ed. Thanks also, to my wait, dad who is 92. Yeah, can I pose a question really quick? Sure. If anybody out there knows what the Virginian's actual name yes. is, not the actor's name, I understand, I know that but is he only called the virginian in the show or does he actually have a name like hey mike like right but he's known as the virginian right (laughs) i'm dying to know we've been trying to find that out for years now dying to know Yeah, yeah. yeah so anyway okay and then real quick before we should have done this weeks ago but we didn't have the information so i don't know i dropped the ball i guess so to speak But we did want to give a special shout out because we did this for the Loyal Littles Fantasy Football Group. We have a winner in the Berserker League. Yeah. Okay. And that winner is James Brazee. And I have no idea what the hell this means, but he won. The final score was 40 and 33 and 33. So someone can explain that to, to us. <laughs> Does that mean there were 33 ties? His record was 40 and 33 with 33 ties? I don't know. It's Berserk. It's Berserk. <laughs> And we did want to point out that Patrick Moffat did come in second place. I didn't get a score for him. I don't know how close it was. It's all berserk. That's yep. all we're going to say. <laughs> but we did hear from Sully when on this, and he says, James Brzee is the best. I don't know that you'll ever get him on the pod. 
Uh, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Please, please, please come on the Loyal Littles podcast. Meet the Littles just so we can prove Sully wrong. Yes. Can you do that for us? Yes. That would be fantastic. And then finally, we wanted to give a quick shout out to Rafael Nadal, who won the Australian Open for his 21st Grand Slam, which is very important, which I'm sure you've heard all about that on the big show. Wanted to do that specifically as we go into our Meet the Littles guest because, wow, Roxy, have we ever heard more tennis talk ever? No. Ever. So uh, let's get out of here. Let's meet the Littles. Quick side note. I did want to give credit where credit's due. Roxy edited part one of this interview. I did the second part. Fantastic job, Roxy. Thank you. Absolutely. I want to go, give credit Roxy. I did volumes and everything. She did, she did everything. <laughs> everything. All right. Let's get out of here because it is now time to meet the Littles. Hi, this is Tony Beeson, and I'm banging keys randomly while I listen to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC podcast network you loyal listeners you better know who this is but just in case we are being played in this episode by loyal little jason fuse and this song is called overcome and this is off his album entitled headed home now if you like what you hear you can find jason almost everywhere Bandcamp, spotify itunes just search jason fuse you can also find him on twitter at judo fuse that's j-u-d-o-f-u-s-e so give him a follow over there on twitter and also head to those Bandcamp, spotify itunes buy a song or two buy the album it's fantastic and as always we'll play the full song overcome by jason fuse at the end of the podcast It's now time to meet the Littles. And Roxy, this is a long time coming, and you're distant from me. You're not yes. with me, so this is a little weird. But are you ready for this one? <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Please welcome to the podcast, Littles, Josh Cromwell from Moselle, Mississippi. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Hey, going well. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is a pleasure. I've been hearing your name for years. Your emails are read all the time on the big show. We're very excited about this. But as you know, how we start these usually, we just turn it over to you. Introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there in case there's two that don't know who you are. And tell us a little something about yourself. Okay. So I've been, I guess to start with the show connection, because that's, again, probably the way most of you know me. I've been listening since 2007. 
So that kind of goes back to the Washington Post radio era, that period. So I'm not one of the OGs. I don't go all the way back to the ESPN days or even before that. But I have been listening for over a decade now, which sounds weird to say out loud. I am from South Mississippi, I'm originally from Moselle. I actually live a little bit north of Moselle now in a little city called Ellisville, which has been in the spotlight lately because Georgia's quarterback went to the junior college there and played football for like a year or so. So they've kind of got a little bit of national buzz out of Georgia winning the college football right. national championship. Nice. Now, wait, where did you say you are now? Now I live in Ellisville, which is a little bit north of Moselle, maybe oh. 10 minutes or so, not very far. But Moselle's where I'm from originally. It's home. I represent them because it's a small little tiny community. And so giving them a little bit of buzz here and there is kind of a fun thing. It's, it's cool to hear you know Moselle mentioned on right. the show or even on PTI oh, one time. So Yeah, well, we'll yeah. get into that for sure. Now, it's funny because Mike from Burke, Virginia is going through a very similar thing. We had interviewed him and right after, as we were interviewing him, gosh, it's almost a year ago now, he was in the process of selling his house and he sold it and now he's moved. I cannot remember where he is now, but everyone was talking about that. They're like, oh, are you going to change your signature name? You know, because no one's going to know where you're right. from now, you know? Right. So that's interesting. So now you said you grew up there and you went to school there and everything. Did you go away for college or anything like that? No, actually, I've pretty much always sort of been in this general area. Now I've done my fair share of traveling, but I've pretty much always lived around here, went to school nearby as well. So I actually, I've in my uh, undergraduate and my master's degree at Southern Miss, which is probably best known for Brett Favre, of course. Sure. But, yeah. But those are both in those degrees, both in history. That's kind of my background. Although now I work in libraries, the history library connection research. It's there. So. Oh. Wow. All right. Well, Mar- cool. Mary Faye Randolph's ears just perked up. I bet. And uh, <laughs> so now, what do you do at the library? So my area is Hollywood Communications, which is sort of an academic fancy way of saying how scholars communicate with each other. So that ranges from everything from helping faculty students with copyright issues to figuring out publication contracts, which we don't deal with the legal side of that, just kind of helping them understand that, you know, we're not giving out legal advice, but we can kind of help with the nuts and bolts. I also have for open educational resources on the campus. So that's like open textbooks, textbooks that are are other learning materials that are free for students to use. We have a a grant program we do here to kind of encourage faculty to adopt those because, you know, you've got students who in a lot of cases are paying huge amounts in tuition. I know, for example, several campuses even have food pantries on campus because they have students that deal with food insecurity. So then on top of that, if you're asking the students to pay thousand bucks or more per semester for textbooks, I mean, that's a, that's a challenge, right? And so there are ways we can address that with these free alternatives. We want to do that. And so that's one of the the hats I wear as well. Wow. Wow, That's amazing. And is the library like on a campus or is it just a town library? It is. It's the library at, at Southern Miss. Ah, okay. Gotcha. So are you a big college football fan, a college sports fan, I'm assuming? Yeah, more college football probably than, than anything else. Like, I, I, of course, I watch the tournament for basketball, and mm-hmm. and I do follow some college sure. baseball because the school here is, has actually done fairly well with, with yeah. baseball historically. And it even made the College World Series mm-hmm. about a decade ago. So, mm. All right, so now I have to ask, are you connected with Don Hammock at all? Because he went into that whole how he was so proud of the baseball teams down there and all that stuff. Have you ever met up with him? I have not. We've kind of come close a couple of times. Like there was one time we just missed one another. He was up here, but I was tied up with something, so we didn't get to. Gotcha. I'm hoping uh, we can make that happen soon. Yeah. Because you know, the other part of that, too, was a, not long after that was when the pandemic happened, and oh, that sort of right. disoriented everything even farther. So. Yeah. Right, right. Well, we'll yeah. have to get Definitely you Definitely hoping, though, that happens sooner rather than later. Yeah, like summer sure. lives or something. We'll have to hook I something know. up for That'd you guys. That would be so fun. Yeah. Now you. Yeah, can't... I was going to try to do that last year, but the day that it was held was the day that I had to be at a wedding. 
So again, it's always missed opportunities. Yeah, it's always something. Now, how did you hear about Tony? What drew you towards him originally? So PTI was where I first kind of came across him. Gotcha. I assume you watch that regularly now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the same thing for me. And later on, mm-hmm. didn't even know about the radio show, much less the podcast and all that stuff. That was kind of the thing that got me into the radio show was once it went to podcast, because that was the way that then all of a sudden I could sort of get to it from wherever I was. So. Right. They made it so easy that it was, like I said, I didn't even know about the radio show. And I, I've told the story many times, so I won't go into it. But, you know, how I just came, stumbled across it, just took one episode and I was hooked. I'd heard him mention a couple of times on the show, like I would hear him say, you know, I spoke to and so on the radio, and that's what kept me interested where I started going, okay, what is this show? Where is he at? And sort of found it from that. Right. Now, this is an interesting question that I always like to ask anyone that lives in a state like Mississippi or Wyoming or Iowa, things like that. Now, we know, obviously, colleges, sports down there are huge. But where does your professional fandom, do you have a favorite sport? What's your favorite teams? Things like that. So my big two sports probably are, like we mentioned, college football and tennis, actually. I'm, I oh. like to joke that I'm one of the five tennis fans in ah. America. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so my biggest fandoms, going back probably to childhood, actually, oddly enough, for football, Florida State, and that's just because I always had sort of this love of Bobby Bowden, just sort of you know, reminded me of some of my own family, and just that connection there. I was just always mm-hmm. sort of drawn to him and rooted for them. And then tennis, I was slash am a diehard Federer fan. Gotcha. Nice. I that's like to... the one name that I know. <laughs> oh, no, that's not true, Roxy. That's not true. Because... Well, actually not true anymore. <laughs> right. So, Kerda, I don't know how long this will Look be dated. Right, but what? What's, how, how do you, what's your feeling? Go on in. Like, do you agree with Tony? Do you hate him? Do you? You know, we're talking about Djokovic, of course. Right, right. So it's complicated, I guess. I mean, obviously, given the fact that, like I said, I'm a Federer fan, I obviously sort of root for him in preference over the other two. But I certainly respect their greatness and what they've been able to accomplish as well, and really admire Nadal and his tenacity, and even even Djokovic. Really, I mean, his competitiveness and the thing that's so impressive with Djokovic is just the way that in the biggest moments, big points, he always seems to find a way to through, like when he, his back's against the wall, he finds his way through. Now, the pandemic side of things, I mean, <laughs> you got him, you got Aaron Rodgers, Kyrie Irving, you know, all these things, and it's just like, okay, maybe stay in your lane a little bit on yeah. this, and don't try to turn into armchair virologist or epidemiologist. Right. Sure. Well, and sure. you know, Tony brought this up on the big show the other day, where he said, look, these are the rules that you're, I don't know what it is for tennis, but like mm-hmm. the players' unions... You know, in these other sports, they agreed to this. They agreed to these procedures, protocols. So if you, you know, you don't like it, either get out or just, I don't know, I don't, or find someone else to represent you, I guess, is how I would say it. Yeah. If you don't agree with it. It's a very tricky situation. Sure. That's kind of my feelings with him and the Australia situation is that you knew this was the deal going in. Like you knew they had this really strict policy. Right. And initially I was a little bit sympathetic to it because it did seem like he had some sort of an exception. But then once he gets there and you find out, oh, whether intentionally or not, I mean, I won't get into his motives there, but whether intentionally or not, he gave them false information about being out of the country, about, you know, these sorts of things. And it's like, okay, well, that kind of, that way, the sympathy I might have had for your situation then. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's all tricky. But yeah. like yeah. you said, these were right. the rules of the tournament. If you're not vaccinated, you knew you can... it going into it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, yeah, yeah. We run into the same thing up here with people attending Broadway shows. It's like they know that's the deal. You can't show up to mm-hmm. see a show and get upset when they turn you away when you don't produce a vaccine card or whatever, or you, you're right. not going to wear a mask right. or whatever. That's that's the rules. That's what they've created. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. don't like it, you just don't go and don't support it, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not the case, of right. course, but 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get off that topic. Uh, now, because you're kind of far away, but not really. Had, did you ever make it up to Chatter? Have you ever been to a Jingle Fest and stuff like that? I have not. It's a little tricky to get up there given the distance, but right. it is something I want to try to get at some point and try to you know, meet some of the folks who are, are local up there. Yeah, I'm telling mm. you, they're going to be so excited about this because it, now that I know this, I'm so thrilled that this is happening because this was the whole reason we created this podcast, Josh, was because we hear your name all the freaking time on the big show. You get your emails read, <laughs> stuff like that, and they're so great. They're great. Now, please forgive me for this, though. Have you ever tried your hand at jingle writing at all? I, I have done a couple that were that were on back in the day, probably, I think, four or five years ago. It all kind of runs together now because the pandemic sort of just scrunched the last two years sure. and uh, the before times and then the, the now days. So I bet I yeah. think probably four or five years ago, something like that. I did two that were, were on the show. One was to Les Mis, I Dreamed a Dream. Oh, Oh, there was okay. another one that was to Carol of the Bells. Wow. All right, Roxy, we're going to have to look those up. I mean, I'm sure I've heard them, and I just didn't remember them. I might have actually even played those, yeah. because when, back in the day, Josh, we know you don't know this, Roxy, we call her a tiny, not a little. Well, actually, your fun size <laughs> now is what we say. She's graduated. She just got yeah. a chatter shirt. We're so excited about that. Okay. And things like that. So she's learning, but... If it's something special, like, believe me, when that Hamilton jingle came, I played, I ran, I'm like, you have to listen to this. And I'm sure I did that a couple, because yeah. I remember one day more, they would always play around July 1st when he was going on his summer vacation. And that always made me mm -hmm. sad because us being involved with Broadway, that every time there's like a show tune, like the other one, the Coat of Many Colors was another one I loved. And just all the Broadway ones, I just always get a kick out of. So I'm sure, Roxy, I might have actually played that for you, but we'll have to look that up. I'm assuming it's on Little Songs, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Cool. Right. Perfect. Well, this is, this is great because, like I said, the whole reason we created this was we hear these names all the time, but we don't know them. And I know a lot of right. Littles mm -hmm. are very fortunate because they get to Summer of Littles, they get to Jingle Fests where they actually get to meet people and know who they are, but Roxy and I, we'd never gotten to do that. We've just hit our first Summer of Littles this past summer, which was so great. So we did get mm -hmm. to meet quite a few Littles. But there's still a lot that we haven't. You know, we recently met Mo Warner and Claire's on the list. She's coming up soon, hopefully. So it's fun. But this is great that we actually get to meet you through a podcast. Okay. So now I do have to ask, though, real quick before we need to take a break. Do you keep track of your emails by any chance? You're way beyond that, right? I'm assuming. Like how oh, many? yeah. No, I have no idea how many there have been right. in total. <laughs> right. Well, we heard a recent one and it just made my heart. He just he loves you. You know, and it's just, it's so great to hear, you know, well, he did. He said, he goes, you've been around for a long time, you know, and he actually made reference to that right. on the big show and it was just great. And, you know, we just always love it. I actually was so excited because it was the day before we were recording this. I even perked up and I'm like, oh, I I'm going to get to meet him tomorrow. So this is really exciting because you're someone, <laughs> you were one of the first names we thought of, honestly, and we tried to reach out, but I don't think you saw the message because, you know, sometimes with Facebook Messenger, things like that, if you're not friends, you don't see the messages and stuff. Right. So, right. Um, but I'm glad we finally, I think we found you on Instagram? No. I think, yeah, I think Instagram. so. Instagram? Yeah, Is that I think what it's it was called? Instagram. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, so we're we're very fortunate. Now listen, we have a lot more to get into. You can stick around, right? Sure. Okay. All right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hi, this is Carla Corrado from Columbus, Ohio, and you are listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and we are so fortunate today to have Josh Cromwell from Moselle, Mississippi. I love that I get to say that. That is so exciting to me because <laughs> I hear it so many freaking times on the big show. 
Now, Josh, we have to, if we can, now we didn't preface this before we came on, but I am hoping you'll talk about it a little bit because it's going to cheer Roxy right up. Here, Here's the thing. When I showed her your Instagram page and all these pictures and even on Facebook, you're always surrounded by kitties. Now, how many cats do you have? So, so right now I have a grand total of five, a mother and her four kittens. So oh. five cats. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That is the dream. Literally my dream. (laughs) (laughs) So what are their names? Let's meet the kitties. All right. So the mother's name is Maggie, which is actually, despite the fact that it could be a a, a Tony connection, she just kind of looks like a Maggie to me. So I thought that's what she should be. Mm -hmm. But the babies, they were all born right at the end of Wimbledon. So this again ties back to the whole tennis thing. They have tennis names. The two boys are are Roger and Raphael. (laughs) And then the two girls are Naomi and Coco. Oh, nice. my gosh. That's excellent. That is amazing. That is amazing. Now, see, these are the types of things. These are the deep dives that the littles need to know out there, Josh. This is this, <laughs> yes. this is the reason we're having you on the podcast. So that we can know you have five cats and they're all pretty much named after tennis players. So that's great. Now, how did you... That's incredible. Let's go back to that real quick. We'll come back to the kitties. Now, I meant to ask you, how did you get into tennis so much? So I actually had a few friends around here that kind of enjoyed watching. And so I'd get into watching some and discussing it with them. And then really the period I really started getting into it was right around the early 2000s. So right at the mm-hmm. end of the Sampras era and really right when Federer was emerging. That's really kind of why I came to be a Federer fan. The first big moment I remember seeing was Federer when he won 2003 Wimbledon. And I just sort of got hooked to watching the style of play and just the, the way that he conducted himself on the court and even off yeah. the court as well and just sort of you know, fell in love with his game and didn't have any sense that he was going to become what he did become. And so I, I mentioned that to say that I'm not, you know, sort of the fair weather fan who jumped on after he got 12, 15 majors. But I was there from day one and had no idea right. he was going to become as big as he did. But That's so interesting. That's so cool. When I was younger, I was kind of the same way. Now I'm going to age myself a little bit, but for me, it was when like Boris Becker was coming on the scene. That's when I first remember mm-hmm. watching like Wimbledon and things like that. And I started yeah. playing tennis because of it. Now, I never really went oh, anywhere cool. with it. And it was just a hobby, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is great because, Josh, we never talk about tennis on our podcast, really. I mean, we've. <laughs> yeah, we've, actually. I mean, yeah. We try right. to squeeze in some hockey talk for the Bobby <laughs> and all those other fans because they're always complaining that we mm-hmm. don't talk enough about hockey, but we never talk about tennis. So how do you feel about the, the up and comers on the female side? So I'm interested in, obviously, Coco Golf, considering one of the kittens is named after her. I'm wishing her well, hoping that she can really get things going. Unfortunately, she didn't fare well in Australia yeah. this year, yeah. but you know, hopefully she can turn that around going forward. Another one who, she's not quite as young, but she's still a little bit more up-and-comer. Are you familiar with Amanda Anasimova? She's an American player. Lost her dad a couple of years ago right. in kind of you know, heartbreaking fashion. And I really sort of admire her resilience and her play. And she's kind of been resurging a little bit lately. So I'm, I'm kind of pulling for her to keep, keep things going. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, I don't know too much about her, but I remember that and I hear the name all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then of course this year with uh, Australian with it's Coco, right? Is that the one that Right. Yeah, she went out. She went out in the first round, right? Mm. Yeah, 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 she did. Yeah, that's too bad. It is exciting. If you're a, a tennis fan, if you're an American tennis fan, especially women's tennis right now, it's the place to be. There's a lots of good up-and-coming sure. women who mm. I think can really you know do some great things going forward. I mean, that's not even yeah. counting the ones who've already done great things like Sloane Stevens has already won a major. Mm-hmm. Sophia Ken's already won a major. And that's just sort of the start. You've got people like Jessica Pagula. We already mentioned Coco Golf. So many young up-and-coming players like that in on the American side that really have the potential to hopefully do some, some great things. 
Right. Yeah, it's nice mm-hmm. to see it kind of spread around and see everyone doing well, having their shot at it. Because mm. I also mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's better for tennis. I think it's better for the longevity because if you have good matches and then it starts, mm-hmm. you, you get rivals. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting to see how that happens with the men's game, which has been so used to having these three dominant guys at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know they're now all getting closer to the end of their careers, and so have they glommed onto those three so much that now all of a sudden once they're gone, is there trouble getting a buzz for this next generation, or does somebody emerge out of that group and you know like a, yeah. a Medvedev or a, a Zverev or Tsitsipas sort of you know take off once those three are on? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Right. To see. Wow, Josh, this has been amazing. Roxy, when's the last time we had that much tennis talk ever? I know. Honestly, it's making me want to watch tennis and maybe want to try tennis myself. (laughs) Well, Well, this is the perfect time to get into it. Well, check it out. Sure, yeah. I'll be busy watching other Maybe I will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Josh, listen, we're almost out of time, believe it or not, but I know you've listened to some of our episodes. Are you ready for our token podcast is our fun, dumb questions? Is that okay? Let's do it. All right. Roxy, why don't you start us off? If you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? When you ask the, the guy with history degrees, then right. they one why person. She, see, Roxy knows what she's doing. Roxy's a pro here. I know. <laughs> I know another one she's going to ask, but I'm going to try to beat her to the punch. But go ahead, answer that one okay. first. Well, I, I do have an answer. the The answer that I would go with here is George Washington because mm. he's an interesting, complex character. He's unique in the sense that he's one of the few people historically who had the chance to really seize power and pass that up in a lot of ways that after yeah. the, the American Revolution he could have very easily established himself as a king and could have had all the, the things that went with that but really kind of backed right. away from that spotlight in a lot of ways later in his life. Mm-hmm. That to me is fascinating to see that mentality someone that had that potential for power that sort of walked away from it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's a, a great answer. That's a great answer. So, but I'm going to try and get us back on track now. And also because you had this on, <laughs> you had this on your form, I'm going to go start where we go, peanut butter, smoother, crunchy, because you had something about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So let's go smoother, crunchy first. Okay. So smooth peanut butter, but my sort of adamant position here, the thing that I advocate for with people is don't mix the peanut butter and jelly. You know, a lot of people grow up with that and I get it. If you're a, you're a mom with a bunch of kids, you blend it because it's easier, it's a lot quicker. But if you've never tried it this way, peanut butter on one slice, jelly on the other, put them together that way. Do not mix it beforehand. It'll change your life. Wait, I've I, had oh. many people that, that never tried it that way who what? later did and went, oh, you're absolutely right about that. It's whoa, whoa, my own whoa. version okay. of the mayonnaise on the grilled cheese. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's gotcha. hold on. I'm confused because I've never done it any other way. <laughs> what are you saying? People actually like mix it in a bowl together and then put it on the bread? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, there are a lot of people that grow up where that's their experience is that it's mixed in bowl ahead of time and then spread onto the bread. I mean, that, it, that, that doesn't sound appealing to me. I mean, in theory, <laughs> it actually not. sounds like a smart idea because then it's mixed together. But no, no. one Peanut butter on one side, jelly on the other. more time. Yeah, yeah. And true. like I said, I think some of that probably comes from folks with, with big families where if you're trying to get lunch ready for oh, kids, yeah. it's a lot quicker yeah. to do it that way rather than uh, I think that's maybe the origin of it. But yeah, it's definitely better to keep them separate than just put them together one on each slice. Interesting. Well, Chuck, I think we need to try this just to see. Well, that's how I open. Oh, you mean mix it well, in a no, bowl? Well, no, I think oh, oh, okay. mix hey. it in a bowl. So I'm used to got my slice of bread. I put the peanut butter on, and then I put the jelly on top of that. It's not really mixed, but it's... Well, it mixes once you uh, put yeah, the pieces that's, that's and, then, and then I cover mm-hmm. it, right. right. But I haven't yeah. tried one-on-one slice, one-on-the-other, and then put them together. 
definitely haven't heard of the mixing it all in a bowl. Yeah, I mean, but, that's, but I will that say I have heard of this travesty where they used to sell it. I don't know if they still do, but they sell it within the same <laughs> jar, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Yes, I've seen that. That's just wrong. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. That's, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's See, a big that's, no. That's but... even more. That's the emboldening of these people because all these poor folks who grew up with their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Well, it's also, to me, it's <laughs> got to be the right amount mixture. Consistency, yeah. Because for me, it's heavier on the peanut butter than the jelly. But again, I'm not saying that's exactly. the right way, but I'm just saying there might be people that like more jelly than peanut butter and whatever. This way you can do it the right way. You can't do that if you mix it all together or if you buy it in yeah. that hateful jar of, I don't think they really saw right, it much. Yeah. I don't think it was a big hit, but anyway, wow. No. That's a lot of peanut um, butter talk, Roxy. Well, I have a follow-up to that. <laughs> oh, okay. So where do you fall on potato chips on your peanut butter and jelly oh, sandwich? right. I have never tried the potato chip on peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Ah. So. I highly recommend it. It's okay if you don't like shot. it, but I highly recommend it, yes. <laughs> I'm of the mentality that I'll pretty much try anything once, so I'll have to give that a go. All right. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to take a picture and tweet that with your kitties or something. I don't know. Uh, for Roxy's <laughs> sake. Uh, all right. Well, Roxy, I'm going to steal a question I'm sure you had. Well, since you work at a library, what's your favorite book of all time? Boy, of all time. Okay, so I'm a huge... C.S. Lewis fan. Oh, yeah. That's it. Probably, actually, probably my, my least favorite of his books are actually the, the Narnia books. I like the Narnia books, but I think they're probably the lesser of what he's done. One of my absolute all-time uh-huh. favorites, though, is his book, Till We Have Faces. It's oh. a sort of a retelling of the story of Cupid and Psyche. Oh. Excellent book. Mm-hmm. One of my okay. absolute favorites. So I would highly recommend that one if you've not read it. No, I mean, I grew up nice. with Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, obviously, but I th- as mm-hmm. I think most children do. But no, I never even heard of that one. Oh, that's great. I consider oh. that one his magnum opus. We'll have to check it out, Roxy. Yeah. Okay, Chuck, I might be stealing this from you because we just talked about it. That's but, right. I stole yours. Uh, what is a special hidden talent you have that no one else knows about? Hmm. I guess I do a fair bit of singing, not like professionally, but I have sung at like weddings or things like that. I've, oh. I've done a couple of jingles, I think I've mentioned. So, I mean, yeah. that, I don't know how much it's hidden as much as just maybe the littles wouldn't necessarily know that. So, gotcha. Well, yeah, that was maybe that no, that's perfect. <laughs> I meant to ask you earlier about, so you're singing on your jingles, right? You didn't just write them. Yes, okay. correct. Gotcha. Wow. Nice. That's, great. that's absolutely a hidden talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you were invisible for a day, what would you do? Ooh, probably what I would do just because it, fits my sense of humor is I would probably like mess with my friends in the sense that I would go in their office and just barely move a sheet of paper and just kind of keep doing that over and over and make them sort of think they're going crazy because right. it's subtle <laughs> enough that they could convince themselves that they were just seeing things, but uh-huh. you know, not yep. something blatantly overt. I like it. Wait, I love something that. Something ridiculous like that. Gotcha. That's amazing. Okay. Would you rather live for a week in the past or a week in the future? I'm going to kind of cheat with this question. So a week in the future because... My thought being that in the future, we will probably know even more about the past. So I could sort of get to yeah. both worlds. Oh, that's true. There you go. That's, good. that's the ultimate answer. That's a, Yeah, that's a good way. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Sometimes I have to stop and think about these answers because we had, one of, the, well, we had one of those <laughs> recently where we said, if you could go back in time, is that what it was, Roxy? If you could, if, time it was, travel. If you could time travel, I, the question where is presented would you go? as, if you could, where would you go? And they said, you mean, when would I go? And ah, we thought yeah. about it, and that's, that's right. <laughs> <Blew> <laughs> you learn something new every day. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Which of the seven dwarfs is most like you? Probably a cross between bashful, because I'm, not, I'm definitely an introvert, so definitely that. But also, I would say probably the other 
would be dopey just because I am a bit of a, a goofball as well. So, <laughs> Gotcha. I think dopey was one of my favorites, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Roxy, give us one more. Okay. What personal trait has gotten you in the most trouble? <laughs> Probably my stubbornness, I would say. Okay. Oh. Sometimes I can sort of be like a, <laughs> a like a dog with a bone on something, and it's like a certain point you got to let it go, and, and it's right. a little bit to get there sometimes. So. Gotcha. Yeah, that's now, all right. We should have asked this early. Do you have any other pets, or is it just the five cats? No, just the, the cats. And the funny thing about the cats was that at heart, I'm probably more of a dog person. What? But Maggie, the mother, sort of showed up. I feel like she was probably thrown out because you know, pregnant cat. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I didn't want to, of course, turn her away. I've sort of, you know, my parents have cats. So I've been around cats. But gotcha. Yeah. I, I couldn't put her out. And so I've kept her and kept the babies. And here we are. So. Wow. How old are the kittens now? So they're six months. Oh, wow. Oh, jeez. So baby. Well, you're definitely going to get another yeah. follow here on Instagram in a second. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Roxy, yeah, they show up there pretty frequently. Roxy just all day, all night. She just sits on there. And what, what's the one that you follow? follow? All the kitten pages. It's called Kitten Faces. It's kitten, kitten faces, underscore right. faces. And she just did a, a like a throwback to all of the kittens. It's, she's a foster for cats and she went through a flashback of all the kittens that she fostered in 2021. And I have some definite favorites. There were the baby liquor kittens, so they were all named after different liqueurs. She had the root veggie kittens, just the most adorable things. And she would post such cute videos of them and just watching them grow. It's amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's it's, yeah. it's one of those things though when you're trying to watch a TV show and she just keeps into she's like, look, look, look. She just <laughs> Because if it's not a show Roxy's into, she'll well, we do that both. I'll if it's a show that she likes more, I'll start going on social media and just kind of scroll. And same thing. And so when it's her, she's like, "Yeah, we have to keep pausing so I can see the kitten videos because they are adorable." Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not I'm not not human here. So um, well, I usually have the same experience where I have to keep pausing because of the actual kittens, either you're trying to get my gender being in something or right. So yeah, I can relate. Well, Josh, listen, we can't thank you enough for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. This has been so great. You were like the perfect, I don't know how to explain it, because like you said, you've never met a lot of these Littles, but every Little knows right. your name. It's true. They do. They know the name Josh Crown yeah, from Mosul, Mississippi. So this is, hopefully they're going to enjoy this a lot. I know they will. So is there anything we can plug for you? How do how can we find you? You know, you, we said you're on Instagram. Are you on Twitter and all that stuff too? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. My username is just my actual name. Okay. And since we're talking about the show, I'll add in that the reason that I use my real name on social media actually goes back to something that Mr. Tony mentioned on the show a while back. He mentioned that they used to, I think they would either do chats or either they would get email opinion letters, that sort of thing there at the, the Washington Post. And he said it would be the most bizarre thing that you would see these letters come in from time to time that would be these well-reasoned positions about whatever serious issue and then the author's name would be listed as, you know, 264U at AOL.com. And he just, just that juxtaposition, he just sort of went off on at one point. So that sort of inspired me to, you know, he's right. I mean, just use your name if, if it's available. And thankfully mine was. So. Right. Yeah. There we go. Oh, that's great. That's hilarious. All right. Well, thanks again, Josh. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over, absolutely. There's only two ways to do it, over or the wrong way. <laughs> Well, Chuck here agrees 100% with you. And uh, now, are, do you Chuck Todd it ever? I might have done that before. I will neither confirm or deny to not incriminate myself among any friends. Okay. Let's just say there's a possibility that's happened. Oh, I love it. Well, Josh, thanks again. We really appreciate the time. 
sure. Thanks again for, for having me. All right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you, Josh. I that was forget so fun. Where, where he's from now. Moselle, but, Mississippi. Well, no, no, he's not. That's not where he lives oh, now. Oh, so it's oh. kind of like Mike from Burke, Virginia situation. Yes. But that's all right. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll always know him as Josh from Moselle, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And we've got so much stuff to get into but Roxy first you wanted to special little since this happened today go yeah. ahead yeah I just wanted to take a second to congratulate the goat <laughs> Tom Brady um, Homer I you know honestly I'll believe it when I see it for right. real um he can say he's retiring all he wants but we'll see I also I've heard some rumors that maybe Giselle gave him an ultimatum <laughs> because his kids are getting older and in their formative years so you know, they need their father present and we'll see what happens. I think he's got some other things going on, like his TB12 and all of that. So he will stay busy. But if this is true and he actually is, in fact, going to stick to his plan of retiring, what a great run. I know a lot of people, you love to hate him or you love to love him or you hate to love him. <laughs> Whatever you want to say, you can't take away the talent. You can't take that All away right, from him. Homer. So congratulations, Tom Brady. We'll until, see what happens to Gronk now. Until Gronk calls and says, hey, let's, let's go. Let's go uh, I know. That's why I'm not sure. I think sure. it's the other way around. Yeah, that Well, too, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So yeah, we'll right. see what happens. And I'm really looking forward to the people that are up and coming as well. Absolutely. So. Now, we also want to get into the baseball. Now, we don't do too much because we're obviously big Red Sox fans. We, de- we didn't get into this last episode with the Hall of Fame inductions. Now, mm-hmm. I know Ritz is a little upset. But congratulations, Big Poppy. He's the one that got in. Yep. Yeah, listen, I'm, I do want to say congratulations to David Ortiz. And uh, here are my two issues. Number one, the ongoing debate, which is now going to continue even more about the steroids users, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, most notably. So then clearly the writers make that statement. Do not elect these guys in their last year of eligibility. But then moments later, seconds later, say, and the only person that qualified this year that we're voting in is David Ortiz. And he had implications in his career. His name was released. Well, what I was going to say is what about the 25 people that are already voted in that, of course, used some Mm -hmm. kind of performance enhancing, whether it was to get healthy or whatever, but because there were no rules for it back then. Right. Like right. weren't weren't the allegations against rules. Poppy before the rules? Yeah, right, right, right. So Correct. that's why he's eligible, whereas the others are well, not. Everyone's eligible, but yeah, they're this it's, bias. I think it's so interesting. Bias. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there was a little bit of a, whether double standard or hypocrisy there. Yeah, um, and I'll also say, and I'm not taking anything away from Big Poppy, wonderful ball player, but in his career, and you guys are closer to it as Red Sox fans, perhaps, but. I would never have thought of him as a first ballot Hall of Famer. I thought he would be a guy that would get in third year, fourth year. Really? Um, oh. You know, and maybe it's because he was the DH only for most of his career. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just didn't sit well with me. And aside from opening day and the last day of the World Series, like that's the biggest day of a baseball fan's year. And I'm watching it. 
and then it's like, and we have one person going in. I'm just like, well, it's better than last year when we had none. Yeah, none. So right. That's, I know. Yeah. So I have to. I will disagree real quick. I mean, I did think first ballot, obviously Homer pick, but because of what he did for baseball and his personality, and I, the only reason, the only knock against him besides the alleged test and all that stuff was the. You're right, the DH situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, he was just such a big figure of the game. That's and why I was he was so clutch postseason. Was oh, big sure. Time. Yep. And again, I don't think he should have been unanimous. Like, right. Mm-hmm. But I, see, man, what, I but... see what you're saying. Like you want a, a well-rounded ball player. And if yeah. he was, you know, mainly just the DH, but I have a grind my gears, that whole situation, but we don't have to get into that. Well, today. last I was going to continue and just say, let's go back even further. I mean, Pete Rose not being in the Hall of Fame is a travesty. This is when Tony and I connect 100,000 bazillion percent. Put them all in. Put an asterisk on the plaque. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah, they must agree. be in that museum. Yeah. They must. As part of the historical record. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Right. So whether it was clean or not, they hold the record. Anyway. All right. So let's move on now to the newest, biggest topic I can think of out there with some controversy as well mm-hmm. surrounding me. Mm-hmm. And that is this new, I guess it's an app. Or not really. You can do it's it on a website. An, it's not an app. It's a website. We're talking about Wordle. 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 I mean, it's it's what it is. I'm pretty good at it, apparently. Yeah, me too. Pe- people are shocked <laughs> by my, my yeah, scores. Really I don't understand. <laughs> you might not be able to pronounce the words, but you can spell the words. Oh. Well, there's, yeah, that's good. All right. I didn't even get that. You're busting my ass here, and I didn't even get that. All right. No, I'm just concentrating on the fact that, to, p- first of all, can we can we all agree that it's complete luck? Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's I mean, there's a little strategy involved. A little? Okay, yes. You don't want to type in a word with like three out of the five letters are the same letter. Right. Because that's, I mean, it may help you, but, you know, I, I think most people go for... The first, the first attempt, you're going to mix With it up a vowels. little bit. My point is, though, for all these people that were like shocked and pissed off and telling me to go F myself. <laughs> I know that was a little aggressive. <laughs> Wait, did you get it in one or something? I got two days in a row in one. Wait a minute. Really? Was it two? Yeah, it was two days in or a was row. It, I thought it was more than two. I thought you it was know like what? Three Screw Wordle. No, no the, the third day, the third day, I got no letters the first attempt, oh, and then right. I got all, all of them the in the second in attempt. The second attempt. So it's right. technically like on the first try. That's true. Of. That's so true. Screw Wordle. Go out and buy a lottery ticket. Well, okay. All right, Ritz. <laughs> I'm coming clean here, and I feel really horrible about this, but I also thought it was logical. Like, <laughs> could anyone really get three of these in a row on the first try? No. We cheated. I mean, hello. I'm. <laughs> I feel bad. Chuck is married to Roxy, remember? And I'm sitting right next to her on the couch. So and I saw I, her So I'm do the one the doing all the work. So I saw her do the work. You got it like you in three. You helped me, though. I helped yeah, you. We you did it together. Me, she yeah. got it in three. And I, I was saying, I'm never playing this. I don't. Everyone's doing it. I'm going to be that guy that just doesn't join in. Right. And so I'm sitting there. But of course, I was like, you know, I wonder, is it the same word for everyone? On the same day? It must not be, right? Because this would be too easy to yeah, just Yeah, like... we thought, you know, we were, yeah, we were wondering that. So like, I tried it. If my answer is the same as Claire's answer and the same as right. Nina's right. answer and Mike's so, answer. So, so I tried it and sure enough, it was. <laughs> People lost their minds. <laughs> they were like, are you kidding me? And so I just kind of laughed. Like, what do you mean? How did I do it in one? You don't know how I did it in one? I saw someone <laughs> else's answer. <laughs> like, of course, that's the logical oh. thing to me because I mean, 
I'm sorry. If you can get it in, it's just pure luck. And like you said, go buy a freaking yeah, lottery it, ticket. If you get it in one, it's pure luck. After the one and you see what comes up and what doesn't, there is some strategy involved. Sure, so. of course. Absolutely. But to to think that someone's a pure genius because they get it in one try, right. it's like, no. They like should. three times in a row. Well, okay. So then or the next day, I two said, and a half times, I said you know? well, let's have some fun with this and I'm going to do it again. And people <laughs> lost their minds. Like even more. <laughs> like, like that's when the F-bombs were being thrown. That's when the thrown. F-bombs were being released. <laughs> Yeah. But only like one person really actually called me out and said, you must be cheating. Right. I'm like, well, duh. <laughs> so then the third day I thought, well, let's have even more fun with it. I'll, I'll, I knew what the word was. Right. So I typed in five letters that didn't match at all. So I right. wouldn't even get one of those yellow or anything. Yeah. And then I got the word correct on the second <laughs> attempt. And I stopped just there because the I was like. The comments were hilarious. I, it just cracked me up. Like, no one. So Rich, you're into this though, right? Yeah, it's fun. And I guess it's a really interesting social experiment because it really is the classic spoiler alert, this whole game, right? Well, that's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've got kids in the house who literally do it at 12.01 right after midnight when the new puzzle posts. Oh, yeah. And I'm Roxy like, does I'm like, sometimes. Hey, yeah. You know, don't tell me, don't tell me. I'll I'll do it when I get to it, yeah. right? And they're like, oh, it's a hard word. It's an easy word, whatever. So. <laughs> well, it's so big, apparently, and I could I don't know all the details on this, but apparently the New York Times has picked this up yeah, as like a bought, new thing. They bought out the game. I think it's yeah. going to be kind of on their website with their crossword puzzle and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's pretty awesome. So oh, like wow. the jumble, and you now you got the whole, now you'll have the wordle. Now I also had a friend post. The Loodle, <laughs> I which, <saw> that. <laughs> which I've been kind of enjoying. I saw one the other disclosure. the other night, I think, thanks to Claire and Dina, math. There's oh, yes. A, there's a new math one. A yes. new math one. Yep. So I did one, and I'm like, I don't think I'm smart enough to continue doing this. I did get the answer, but it for me, it was all just trial and error of yeah. different numbers. And, and then I guess you know. we must give the shout out to Bobby Gottfried, who did post one <laughs> on hockey. Yes. I think it was the like- Gordle. Gordle, Gordle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. So uh, it's just fun. There's a lot of variations. I just had to come clean finally on the podcast because I'm like, I people just, can't honestly think I got right. three of these in a row, right? I couldn't believe that. And even if I did, let's say I did. Let's just say I did it legit and I got three in a row. You realize that does not make me a genius, no. right? There is no like, it's a guess. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Chuck, we believe in you. I just hope I just hope Tony Kornheiser's doing this because I think <laughs> I would love to see his. I just think it would be funny if him and Carol were like going against each other. Right. All right. A couple more things. So hopefully people have calmed down over that. <laughs> and uh, but we wanted to talk. Roxy and I had a very emotional week. Very emotional. Last week. I mean. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we saw. And tonight is the new episode of This, this is, is Us. us. OK. Mm-hmm. Last week's This Is Us. Correct me. Wrecked us both. I sat now part of it's partly because I've lost my mom and it was all about a, I won't go spoil. It's been a week. So I think we can go spoilers, but a a character lost their mother and they were going through the whole writing the eulogy, doing the the whole funeral process and all of that. And, but the writing in that show is just so it's their last season. They're going out on their own terms, which is nice. Right. Well, it's really funny to me because I had just recently before that episode aired, had a conversation with my mom about the show because she knows we watch it. And she asked, you know, like, how is it this season? It's the last season. They say that it's super emotional. And I said, no, you know, it's not too bad. Like I haven't cried yet at all. Like two days later, Wow. (laughs) we watched this episode and wrecked within like 20 minutes we were also behind that married couple looking at each other the whole i i'm not crying you're crying that whole thing no we were just no we were just yeah 
next to each other. Yeah. So now I will say this season is just okay. I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not. I think it's starting to pick up. Yeah, I do because mm-hmm. there's been some filler episodes right. as we call them. But right. yeah, it's great. So then we do that on Tuesday night. Then Wednesday, <laughs> matinee. We head down to 45th Street on Bra- and Broadway to see Come From Away. Mm-hmm. Now, this has a special attachment for me because, uh, for those of you that remember the story, this is where I first and only time I met Tony Kornheiser was out yep. in front of the theater for Come From Away. Yep. So, you know, I have to admit, I was thinking of that as I was walking mm-hmm. in. I'm like, oh, this is where this is where I stalked Tony Kornheiser and didn't <laughs> get arrested, luckily. Yeah. But we went in. Roxy, you'd never seen it before, right? No, I hadn't. Yeah. No. And it turns out a couple friends in it. Yep. Uh, in the cast and in the band, especially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had great seats. Gr- oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my great gosh. Seats. Incredible. Seventh row orchestra mm-hmm. right in the front. And yeah. Wrecked. It, wrecked. Wrecked. But it, what's funny, I laughed. I cried. I I just, I felt all the good feelings. I felt all the bad feelings, like the PTSD from remembering where I was that day and just watching all of these stories unfold within this show and having that, that one storyline, you just know what's going to happen. You know what's coming. But when it happens at the very end, you just, I lost it. I still lost it. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen. It reminded me of Titanic a little bit, the musical, because yeah. Peter Stone wrote the book for that. One of my favorite all-time book writers yeah. for Broadway shows. And he just, the way he gets your mind off of it, even though you know the outcome, right. you still care and you're still rooting for these characters. Right. For that instance, and you're like, like, the California is going to get there to save them. You right. Know, that was the name of the other ship that was nearby and stuff like that. Right. But so anyway, so we're off air. We're telling Ritz, hey, we went to see it. And you said. Yeah, so I love that show and also have friends and neighbors who are in the show. We've seen it, I'm guessing, at least five or six times. Also saw it last week. Yeah, you saw it on Thursday, right? Correct. <laughs> right, the day after. Um, everything you said and then some. It strikes a very deep chord for me. I'm a 9-11 first responder and survivor. I actually have spoken to people in the cast about my experience. And I just love it. It's just a wonderful piece of theater. And every time we have friends visiting us in New York City, that's the first show we'll recommend that they go to. Mm-hmm. I think it's also just a tidy show. It's an hour and a half. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, so people who might not have the experience to sit for a long two-act show, it's just a good entree for them to get that great experience. And like you said, it's uh, it just hits home for me in a very deep way. So there you go. Great yeah. show. Yeah. So Littles, if you're in New York, come check it out. If you're on tour, we had a couple Littles because we tweeted our, our picture. picture of the program mm-hmm. and stuff saying we checked in and all that stuff on Facebook. And a couple of littles, I forget what city they're in now, but they said, oh, I'm going this weekend or I was going to go this weekend. I wasn't sure if I should. And we're like, yes, yeah, go. Yeah, Bill Ahecka was in... Uh, oh, that was right. It was in Schenectady. In Schenectady. This last he week. saw it That's as right. well. Yeah, same day, I think, yeah. actually. Yes. Yeah. So Bill Ahecka and I... Well, and us <laughs> got married on the same day. Right. And then we saw Come From Away on, on the, the same, same day. day. Not in the same theater, but <laughs> I just thought world. that was, That makes it even weirder, I think. Yeah. That he happens to be in the city that the tour is in. Right. And we were in New York, of course, seeing right. it on Broadway. And I just think that's hilarious. So right. Shout out, Bill Ahecka. Awesome. I uh, hope you liked it. And yeah, Littles, go. Yeah. It's I so mean, well done. Obviously, we're partial and we're like, go support Broadway, but it's really this hurting is, now. It's I have really to say, hurting. I walked out of that theater and I looked at Chuck and I said, I think this is my most favorite show that doesn't have tap dancing in it. Yeah. Like, I love all the tap dancing shows and shows that don't have that. I'm like, Ugh, it's good, but I wish it had tap dancing in it. Say but that. they do kiss the cod. They do kiss they the cod. They do, yes. <laughs> and then let's close with this. It's a special anniversary today, and we wanted to pay homage to it just because one of my favorites all time, 
Kenny, I, and Ritz, you posted something about it, so I'm going to let you, you take it over. Go ahead. Yeah, 40 years ago tonight was the first broadcast of Late Night with David Letterman. Oh, right. wow. Yeah, and in fact, I posted it. I'm glad you saw that. And a couple of my friends chimed in, which I'm totally psyched about. Apparently, Letterman will be the guest on yes. Seth Meyers' show tonight, which is so cool. But what a great show. And it just hit me at a perfect time in my life as a young guy who is pretty sarcastic. And, you know, you have this guy coming on at 1230 in the morning doing like really bizarre stuff like yeah. smashing things off buildings yep. and stupid pet tricks and all that kind of stuff. Our favorite story is my buddy who lives on 888th Avenue right around the corner from the theater. And he would get so freaking annoyed because they'd always have his street closed off and he couldn't walk down to get to his apartment. He'd have to go around the block <laughs> no. because oh, they're funny. always destroying stuff out there. <laughs> and, right. You know, all these stupid things he does. <laughs> But yeah, I was a little late bloomer. I didn't come in till later on. Uh, but when he moved to CBS, and uh, because it was earlier on earlier, I really got into it. And I was mm -hmm. a diehard for all those years. I went and saw it like, a, you know, because we literally live what, yeah. two blocks away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You and took me in his final yeah. season. Yeah. 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 Finally yeah. got Roxy to see an episode. Yeah. And just so much fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, I just remember... You know, I, I don't sleep a lot. I keep late hours and right. the show was so perfect for me. And I would go to work the next day and I would tell people like, oh, yeah, I'm watching the show and this guy does this stuff. And they would look at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. You know, we, we turn off our TVs after Johnny Carson. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. 40 years. Bill Murray, first guest ever. I wonder, wow. if, yeah. I wonder if he'll pop in tonight. Maybe. We'll have to that watch. Would be fun. We're going to have to wait and see. All right. That's all the time we have today. Roxy, why don't you tell everyone how they can get in touch with us? You can email us at WTFCpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to run over to Apple and iTunes and give us a nice rate and review over there. It does matter. It does matter, and we thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Josh Cromwell from... Moselle, Mississippi. For coming on and beating our Meet the Littles guest today. And thank you, Tony Beeson, Carla Corrado, and Daniel Ford for our bumpers this week. And most importantly, thank you, Ritz, for being here today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate the time. And uh, you can always count on me. I'm ready to jump in anytime. All right. And as always, if you are out shopping online tonight, don't forget to use... The... Code... So, it's complicated, I guess.
podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah.